This afternoon for our Brahma Vihara practice, we'll be continuing with this quality of metta, of uh, goodwill, of friendliness, of loving kindness. Um, first of all, I just want to check. Can you hear me okay? Is the sound okay? Okay, good. And uh, the way I'd like to go about it is I'd, want, uh, I'd like to share with you just a few more words about the quality of... Um, of metta, kind of as a Brahma Vihara. And then we'll explore bringing this quality into two different realms, which I'll go into as well. This term uh, Brahma Vihara, it's, it's interesting where it comes from, or at least where some people think it comes from. There's a, a sutta in the Long Discourses, I think it's in the Long Discourses, the Tavija Sutta. And in that, in that uh, sutta, the, the Buddha comes across these young Brahmins who are having this conversation about how to become one with Brahma. And they, they go and ask uh, the Buddha about this, which I don't know why they, they do that. They <laughs> go to the Buddha, even though they're Brahmins interested in something different. And then the Buddha starts to teach them, teach them using their language, which I think is really interesting. He basically says, well, if you want to, to go to become one with Brahma, to abide with Brahma, to go to the Brahma Viharas, then these are the practices to do. So commentarily, you know, there's a different understanding of this, but he's basically saying, if you want to awake, have a, a heart that's awakened, like if you want to go there, let me give you some practices. And then he situates these quote-unquote Brahma-viharas, loving kindness and compassion and appreciative joy and uh, equanimity. And towards the, the end of that sutta, he says, you know, these, these practices, they, are, uh, uh, they lead to and they are uh, cetto-vimutti, so chitta is chitta, so it's the liberation of the harder mind. And uh, So the reason I want to point that out is that when you get a, a full taste of loving kindness, when, when even if it's a moment of that or moments of the heart being completely filled with uh, metta, that is a flavor of the kind of freedom that the Buddha is talking about, which I find really striking. They say it's a temporary kind of cetto vimutti. Nonetheless, it's still a, a taste of the, the kind of freedom that this path is about. And when I say that, I, I want to acknowledge, it's, it's like I, I got some bad news for you, <laughs> which is, and now that you're on this retreat, might as well tell you now. Um, sometimes, and you might have noticed, is that we either outwardly or secretly envision a kind of freedom in our lives, which is about that will hopefully make our lives more pleasant. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? So on this day, I need to break the news, sorry. <laughs> this is a different flavor of freedom than, oh, maybe my life will become more pleasant now. Because what's that? That's just, that's just grasping. <laughs> But it can be seductive, and it, and it happens also with meditation. It's like we, we have a super pleasant meditative experience, and then it's like, oh, this is, this is what I'm looking for all the time. And yet, this is a different freedom to that. To that. It's a heart that's tender and responsive, which also is pleasant, but the direction is different. Right? It's, it's, a, it's a heart that's, that's softened and tender, like the feeling that you get from compassion or kindness. And, and maybe this awakening and this freedom is simply that I'm, I'm thrown into this world, into a world that calls upon me for my love. And finally, I... I find that freedom to fully heed that call. 
It's different, isn't it? And for me, I find it inspiring. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is a beautiful freedom that we can begin to taste here. So metta, this uh, goodwill, loving kindness, this taste of chetto vimuti, this taste of freedom. And for this afternoon, the two realms I want to invite us to explore around this is first, the realm of ourselves. We're spending a lot of time with ourselves. And when I was reflecting on that before coming in here, I remembered uh, a practitioner. Uh, we were, I think it was on a retreat. We're discussing remembering to be mindful or be present. And they said, I actually don't need to be, I don't need to remember to be present. I just need to remember to be kind. And I found that so striking because it can be such a gateway into what we're exploring here. You might want to try that. Can you remember to be kind? Even in your sitting and walking meditation, how does that uh, switch the flavor just a little bit of your meditation? And it's important because I I think what's emphasized a lot in mindfulness uh, is attentional skills, keeping the mind on the breath or something like that. And I want to say that's super important. I'm not dismissing that by any means. But sometimes when I take a different angle like this of like, oh, there's this flavor of the heart being soft within practice, which can be incredibly helpful. In the... I guess I could say probably in the first decade of my practice, I was super diligent in my practice. Those were the, the, many of the years where I was a monk in the Zen tradition. And yet what I was missing was this real art of softening my heart. And when that started to come more deeply and more prominently into my practice, it was like these whole other dimensions of the path and practice started to unfold and reveal themselves. I share that to point out that we're here, we're cultivating more than just basic mindfulness, even on on the quote-unquote cushion. There are these other qualities of heart and mind that are getting cultivated. And there can be an interweaving of these flavors like metta that soften the heart that I find really helpful. So we'll be taking time uh, with a practice around uh, bringing kindness into our relationship with ourselves. And I'll get into that specific one, but I want to just say the other realm. And that's uh, the other realm is kindness in what I'd call the relational field, the relational field of retreat. Because at the same time, right, you're spending a lot of time with each other. Even though we're in silence together, we're in this shared space. We're, we're in this together. We're here and we're together. And it speaks to the importance that we're still creating this container together every day as we're we're here, we're creating Sangha. And one way I describe Sangha, this quality of Sangha, particularly for retreat, is um, with this one little story, which is... um, after the Bosnian War, there was, they, there was a, I don't know, a team that went into that area to uh, offer some interventions around uh, healing trauma. And they were looking at different ways of, you could say, different interventions to see, you know, what, what, what's, what's the thing going to be most effective to really heal the wounds of this, this horrific thing that's happened? So, you know, they're looking at cognitive behavioral therapy and all these other different uh, ways. And 
You know what they found to be the most effective intervention? The women's knitting circle. Isn't that interesting? To come together, right? Women coming together to weave their lives back together again. It was togetherness. You know, it wasn't like one individual going to see another individual. You know, there's critiques about that whole kind of context of, of healing. But coming together as a, as a community. I think in the same way, this is what we're doing. We're, we're coming together to, to weave the Dharma deeper into our lives. Even in the silence... And this is why I want to emphasize it, because when I'm on retreat, I can forget this. Oh, togetherness. We're here together, and it's that weaving that we're doing together, even in the silence, that, that really uh, makes this happen. And the key ingredient for this is kindness. Can you hold a quality of kindness for each other? And I want to point out, just in terms of the kind of uh, biological creatures we are, it's, it's difficult in a, in a space of silence and then an added difficulty with masks. Just to, just to remind you of your history, right? you do have this kind of primate history, which means you are such a sensitive social creature, incredibly sensitive. The social cues that we, we pick up often unknowingly are, are, we're just wired for that. And so when I'm in a space where I don't have as many of those cues, where I'm not making a lot of eye contact with people, where there's silence, where there's the, the place where we pick up so many social cures by, from the face is now hidden. What I notice is that it's like a play day for my, my unskillful habitual tendencies. Have you noticed this? <laughs> Have you noticed what your mind is imagining about others? You know? It's like it's, it's, it's the... the perfect kind of blank tablet for us to paste on those habitual tendencies. So I just want to, one, normalize that, the the comparing mind, the judging others, the judging ourselves, imagining other people are judging us. And so, yeah, one of the pieces of that is just to notice it, because it's normal, especially given the context. And another piece is to begin to, the noticing is the mindfulness, but to counteract it with, with bringing in a quality of kindness. It helps create the container. It's our knitting circle when we bring in kindness. And I, I want to point out that this is another big part of this practice. It's the intentional shaping of perception. We're here to be mindful, but we're also here to shape perception. And I mean a full-bodied sense of perception. What are, we, what are you doing when you practice the Brahma Viharas? You're shaping how the mind perceives the world. Or the three characteristics, which you know, the seen impermanence, unreliability, and not-self. Those are actually perceptions. The Buddha uses the word sanya perception, to learn how to perceive through those lenses. So this is really important to see this. It's fine to play with perception in this way. How can I start to to feel that I'm in a field of kindness and to offer that to others? That's what creates this, this sangha, this knitting circle in this way. And yes, you don't have complete control of perception, but we can shape it. We can learn to play with it in this way. And when I say this, you know, the word perception can feel so kind of, kind of heady, but it really is a, a hurtful quality.
And I also want to bring this up just to acknowledge that this retreat is different than other retreats, like especially for those of you who've been to IMS before, like the food, the food is different than other retreats. And to remember what you know, like the, the kitchen staff is really stressed. They're short-staffed. They just lost, as you've heard, another staff member who broke their wrist. The supply line for the food getting to IMS is not working well. So as I was told, like they order maybe 10 of some item and they'll get one of that item which means they have to go out to the stores. And any of you know the stores around Barry, it's not like there's a lot of, a lot of options there to, to fulfill that. So it's, it's tough in that sense. And yet that's how we hold our community, which is that sense of, can we still have this quality of kindness even for the imperfections here? And for ourselves, I mean, I, I understand like around food, issues around food can be such a hard thing to fold into our practice. Have you noticed this? Because they, they intertwine with a very deep biological need of nourishment. So they can, those kinds of things when they come up can stir quite deeply. So yeah, kindness for ourselves around that, but also kindness for the situation and others, that, that heart that softens in this way to, to really create this Sangha. So we'll have a way of exploring that as well. So two crucial areas around ourselves, for all the time with ourselves and then for others. The practice I want to offer you for ourselves is it's going to be a little different, which is some of you might have done this is not to offer uh, loving kindness, but to receive it. So it'll be imagining those in your past or even archetypal images feeling uh, uh, others showering you with kindness and then allowing the heart to open to that. It'd be really powerful. And challenging. Maybe you're like me. Sometimes it's so much easier to give something than to receive something. You ever notice that? Oh. It's like to, to open in that way, to be vulnerable in that way. It really can be so healing. And then for others, we'll be utilizing a class, a, a commentarial classical way of doing it, which is to utilize phrases, which I know many of you are accustomed to to utilize some kindness phrases, loving kindness phrases, and then offering kindness to different dimensions of our sangha and our community around us. And maybe just a a word or two about um, the phrases too when we get to that. The phrases can help keep the mind on track by using a a phrase or a word. And uh, it's just one way. Some people resonate with it, some some people don't. And with both of these practices that we do, I want to also just normalize. Sometimes you feel it and sometimes you don't. And that's so okay. It's just the the repetition that makes the difference that really is transformative. Okay, so if you want to, maybe we can take a moment, a moment just to move the body. If you want to move the body, stretch around, or even stand up. So just because it's so important to have a sense of comfort and ease around this, just to move a little bit here.
Okay, and then when it feels appropriate, you can allow yourself to come into a posture that feels supportive. And I invite you to allow your attention to begin to come inward. And you might want to begin by simply feeling the body in whatever posture it's in. I now invite you to allow for a quality of relaxation in the body. And it could be something simple like putting forth the intention, may the body relax, and then noticing what happens. And you might want to check in with particular parts of the body, like allowing the shoulders to drop, the hands to relax, the pelvic floor to settle downward and open. I now invite you to begin to imagine. Imagine beings you know, people, other beings you know, who have been kind to you at some point in your life. So that could be a friend who was kind to you at some point, a caregiver. Maybe you're a second grade teacher, a mentor. Beginning to see them make a circle around you, smiling at you.
they don't have to be perfect people. Just folks who, where there were moments when they were kind to you and remembering those moments as you see them smiling at you. And you might want to remember also bringing in beings that are more of an archetypal quality, maybe the Buddha or Deepama or the Dalai Lama. Mother Teresa, St. Teresa, Mother Mary, Desmond Tutu or Martin Luther King, Ella Baker. Beginning to see them smiling at you. Feeling that they're sending you kindness as they surround you. And to feel that. As you see them smile at you, sending you kindness, maybe they're saying or whispering something like, may you be happy, may you be healthy and safe, may you be at ease. Maybe you are hearing that. Or you can feel them radiating towards you, showering you with kindness. Maybe sending you a kind of vibration. Allow yourself to feel this kindness right now, feeling it in the body, throughout the body, like a pleasant vibration throughout the body. and trust that feeling.
And if your mind wanders away from this, that's okay. Beginning again, seeing these beings surround you who love you. Smiling at you, sending you kindness. And feeling the energy of their kindness that they're showering you with in the body, pervading the entirety of the body. Set aside any notions of, quote, I don't deserve this or I deserve this. Instead, right now, give yourself completely over to the feeling of kindness that's being radiated towards you to receive it. Savoring it, disappearing into that feeling. So that kindness is the only thing that's left in the experience, surrendering. You might want to, on the in-breath, feel like you're receiving their kindness, the vibrations of their kindness, breathing them in as you see them smile at you. And then on the out-breath, savoring, lingering, making much of the feeling of kindness being radiated towards you.
this point in the practice we'll be transitioning from receiving to offering. So if you have any lingering sense of that kindness that you just received, even if it's just a molecule, we'll turn it around now. And I invite you to begin by bringing into your heart the sense, the felt sense or the image of some being where it's super easy for you to have a quality of kindness towards them. So it could be like a pet cat or a pet dog, a friend or a child. It's like right when you bring them into your heart, you can feel a warmth there. It could even be the squirrel that you saw in the forest. that being that touches your heart. And sending them this quality of goodwill, of friendliness, of kindness. And if it helps you connect, you might wanna use some phrases like towards this being, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe and at ease. Continuing in this way on your own towards this easy being, offering, sending this quality of kindness from that tender heart I now invite you to offer kindness to those who are near next to you in the meditation hall here. It's like you can even feel like you're radiating kindness kind of in front of you or to the sides of you, behind you, to your fellow yogis. like this sense of, yeah, here we are, you know, all of you next to me in this human predicament together, the ups and downs, and here we are in our knitting circle together. And that feeling like, yeah, may you be happy. Yeah, and wishing, yeah, may you be healthy and safe and at ease. So now offering kindness to those around you, caring for our community, 
imagining each and every one of those people around you, their specificity. And offering kindness. I now invite you to expand this to our, the entirety of our meditation hall. To everyone here and even the few yogis who aren't here. Here we are entangled in this human predicament together. And a chance to create our knitting circle with kindness. Offering kindness right now to all your fellow yogis, to your community. Allowing the heart to soften. making sure to send, to offer the loving kindness to the specific yogis that you can imagine in your mind. So specificity, particularity, the differences. Maybe utilizing the phrases.
And now to the staff, the wider community around IMS. Part of our knitting circle. Can you offer them kindness? And you might want to include the other beings in our community here, the birds, the deer, the bear, even the little ticks. I know they can be a little bit scary, but I'm just trying to stay a little warm these days. Even the little creatures you see in the hall or outside the hall, may they be happy. Having a tender heart soft heart towards them. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.